Ah, that's right, guys. Today's episode is going to be on Jaws, one of the most popular monster movies of all time. I'm going to be playing some soundtrack for, uh, for the movie as well, so get ready. The information is from the Jaws Wiki. Here we go. The one and only original Jaws grossed more than a half a billion dollars at the box office, and it was the number one movie of all time until Star Wars came out two years later. Jaws was a mixture of terror and humor that just ignited the 1975 public that summer. Steven Spielberg caused as many people to stay out of the water as Alfred Hitchcock did with his shower scene from the film Psycho. And today, the, the film still stands as one of the best of its kind. The movie's success is somewhat a surprise as the shark isn't seen, except for bits and pieces and shadows underwater for an hour and 20 minutes. And as a result of that, the first time it lurches out of the water, grown men peed their pants, screamed like little girls, and those with the faint of heart grabbed their nitroglycerine pills. <laughs> and the shark, which was designed by, by Joe Elves and cost almost a quarter million dollars, can be seen as part of Universal Studios' movie tour. So, you and I are going to go behind the scenes and learn more about the fantastic stars of the Jaws franchise, all five sharks. So let's get to it, shall we? The first particular, particular incarnation of the shark was depicted in the film Jaws, released in 1975. And in addition to that, there were slightly similar looking sharks depicted in the sequels, Jaws, Jaws 2, 3, and 4. However, the shark design as depicted in the first film is by, far the most the, is by far the most respected variant of all of them. And the shark was originally called Bruce, and it was named after, it was named after Steven Spielberg's lawyer, Bruce Raymer. And, a, and, and it was, its knowledgeable Finn fans uh, tend to use that name as, as an official moniker. And a hollow static copy of Bruce from the film was discovered in a junkyard years later. And, and is in essence a fourth Bruce pulled from molds from the mechanical shark used in the production of the film. And serious fans of Jaws have named this rare find Junkyard Bruce, or JYB. Bruce was around 25 feet long and weighed around 3 tons. Just like Quinn said, 25. 3 tons of them. <laughs> and he could easily bite through, through a leader on a fishing line that was made of steel piano wire, and he smashed the hull of the orca boat with his great strength. Bruce's behavior was quite unique, because while normal great whites hunt prey such as seals, fish, and tuna, Bruce preferred the taste of human flesh. He was a, he was a known man-eater. There were no specific patterns to Bruce's attacks, and he did not hesitate to attack swimmers by night or day. In the movie, Matt Hooper, played by Richard Dreyfuss, believed that Bruce was also clever enough to lure his pursuers into the open ocean, where he had the advantage of speed and strength. He also knew that, that, it, could, that it could incapacitate the orca by disabling the hull. And due to limitations in design for production at the time of filmmaking, the Great White Shark in Jaws is depicted in the attack posture, like with, with its mouth open and pulled back, and the mouth is not presented in its cruising, where the nose of the shark is no longer pulled back, when the shark is cruising and is longer and streamlined. And this was not intentional in the design, as clips of actual Great Whites were used in the scene with Cooper in the cage. And as a substitute for that, there was a guy named Frank Sparks. He was the substitute for he was the stand-in for Richard Dreyfus. So when you first see Richard Dreyfus scream, that's not Richard's face, and those aren't Richard's eyes. That's Frank Sparks. And and um, because Bruce was 25 feet long, a dwarf diver what, what was used to create to, was used to create the the uh, correct scale. And there was one guy came in. It was a big, strong shark, and there was a cage was hanging on the wire attached to a winch. 
and then the shark somehow got, got his nose caught in the bridle, tried to swim forward, and then he got stuck. And whenever a great white shark gets trapped, it goes nuts. And for the, and for the live action scenes involving great whites, footage of a real great white was circling the cage, and a major stuntman played Matt Hooper was filmed. As Bruce is 25 feet, a dwarf diver was used to help to, to create the right scale. And Bruce, because Bruce Bruce became such a public icon that his name was used several other times in other films, including as the moniker for an animatronic bull shark in the Discovery Channel sh show called called Anatomy of a Shark Bite, and and it's also the name of a great white that was spotted off of Guadalupe Island, and also the name of a great white that appeared in the film Finding Nemo. Uh, remember that scene in Finding Nemo where where Bruce cried saying he never knew his father? This is this is who he, his father might have been, Jaws. And in reality, uh, many of the feats that Bruce accomplished in the films were like impossible for real great whites to do. And although a great white shark uh, could definitely damage a boat, you can't sink it in one strike. And the shark is by no means. And real great whites are also used. I mean, real great whites also also can't pull three barrels under the water, like Bruce did. And Quinn said it himself. When Hooper said he's starting to go under, Quinn said well, he can with three barrels on him. Not with three, he can't. <laughs> that's that's amazing. Um, and Bruce's size is and and uh, and Bruce's size is exceedingly large for a great white. Be, um, be, but, but some sharks have have approached him in size, such as such as the legendary female great white known as Submarine, and and she's a supposed 23 footer that lives in False Bay, South Africa, during the 1980s. And another individual known as Deep Blue. She, she's a large female that was seen off Guadalupe Island in Mexico, in Mexico in 2013, and she measures about 20 feet long. And this shark was likely of similar weight to Bruce due to her pregnancy at the time she was being filmed. And a third female, which was known as the Hunchback, was a 21-footer who regularly visited the Farallon Islands, which lie 50 miles off the coast of San Francisco. And only female Great Whites are, are known to, re to reach a length of over 20 feet. And, and, ma and males only go up to 16 or 18 feet. So this makes Bruce, who, who's a male, like massive even for one of his kind. And Bruce's great size may also be due to his longevity, as um, as, as real great whites are capable of, of living of living up to 72 years. And it is likely that the Bruce may be of advanced age, uh, advanced age, which also explains his size. And excuse me. And in the movie, Bruce's attack on Alex Kentner, he's a little boy was originally intended to be a lot more brutal. Excuse me. And it was just, it was meant to, sh to show the shark's head actually rising up to chomp on him. And um, and uh, and that was filmed, but they, they but they couldn't show it. It was, it was too violent. And the scene where that guy in the estuary got pulled under, there was a scene there was a deleted scene where it shows the shark dragging him along the surface of the water and he, uh, w w uh, with a young boy. And how that scene worked was was he was in this little bucket seat strapped into it, and the shark fin was behind him on a sled. He had the kid in his arms, and he was going to take him underwater, but then he let him go, and then the sled went underwater. And um, and and now we are going to discuss Brucette. That's that's the female from Jaws two. In the novelization of, of Jaws 2, which was written by Hank Searles, it is revealed early in the book that Brucette was, in fact, Bruce's mate. The, the, Bruce was the shark that originally terrorized Amity Island. Returning to the same waters, Bruce, Brucette manages to give birth to one shark pup uh, either before or during the time she was being electrocuted. 
And years later, during the events of the novelization for Jaws the Revenge, uh, which is also written by, by, uh, by Searles, <clears throat> Brusette's sole-surviving pup would return, uh, uh, would return as an adult. But I'll get to that in a moment. And now we are going to discuss the sharks that appears in Jaws 3D. There's one called Danny, and, and, and he, was the, he was a nickname for the baby shark. And, and uh, Michael, Brody and, Michael Brody and Kay encountered him during their search for Shelby Overman in the lagoon where he attacked them. Although they fortunately escaped with the help of the park's resident dolphins, they informed SeaWorld's park manager Calvin Beauchard of the shark's presence, but he doesn't believe them. And although the news, although the news is exciting to, although, although this news is exciting to the underwater filmmaker Philip Fitzroyce, who states his intention to kill the shark on network TV, Kay was able to, Kay was able to, to convince him that capturing and keeping the shark in captivity would, would make people roll in a lot more. And after gaining permission from uh, from Bouchard, Danny Danny was captured and placed in SeaWorld's nursing tank in order to nurse him back to health. And Calvin. Uh, desperate to start the money rolling in, rolling in immediately, prematurely orders it moved to a small tank for exhibit without Kay's permission. So he did it behind her back. And Kay and Michael rushed. Uh, they 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 rushed uh, to help Danny as the crowds watch. And while they were watching, the shark started to the shark started to behave rather strangely, kind of tilting upwards and on its side. And and what they tried to do was they tried to rescue him. They 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 tried to. Uh, they, they, they tried to put a hose in his mouth so water can flow over his gills to, to get him irrigated so we can breathe. But sadly, he succumbed to the stress of exposure and he passed away. But then, Danny's mommy, Brucetta, who, who roughly measures 35 feet, making her the biggest Jaws shark in the entire franchise, revealed herself and began to exact her revenge by attacking SeaWorld's underwater tunnel and causing, causing water to leak into the tunnel, trapping everyone. And she was held captive at SeaWorld, and after and after she kills diver, and and after she kills diver Shelby Shelby Overman and two coral thieves in cold blood, um, as well as terrorizing other park visitors, Mike is able to use a metal pole to, uh, to, uh, to pull the pin out of the hand grenade, blowing Bruce's apart, Bruce's head apart, and killing her. And her jaws are then shown flowing towards the screen. And now the final shark we will discuss is Vengeance, the one born from Jaws: The Revenge. This particular shark returns to wreak havoc on the Brody family, and and for some reason he apparently follows them all the way to the Bahamas to avenge Bruce and Brucette. So so vengeance was actually was actually he was their son, the the son of the, of the first and second shark, <laughs> because they were husband and wife apparently. <laughs> and um, but how Mike kills him is that he is that he blasts the shark with, with, with electrical impulses, and that begins to drive him mad, and repeatedly jumps out of the water, roaring in pain. And then Ellen Brody turns the boat so either the, so the front of it stabs the shark, causing him to. There's two versions of that scene. There's one where where he where he explodes, and and, and the other one is, is where it just impales him and he just sinks to the bottom of the sea uh, along with the rest of the boat. And now we will discuss the merchandise that Jaws has that Jaws uh, has. Made because since Jaws is so popular, there there have been many there have been many games and toys there have been many many games and toys that are based on him, and I will discuss them right away. So um, I'm just playing another soundtrack from the movie. So um, there is uh, something called the Bruce the Bruce the Shark maquette, and and that is and that is by far the most recognized 
model for uh, for the shark in Jaws. And, and he's got like a little stand he stands on, and 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 it shows him with his mouth open. And and you can take him off the stand and play with him in the water if you'd want to do that. Uh, there's one where he is. There's one where I'm actually looking at these pictures uh, as I'm talking. There's one where it shows him with with with, with the three barrels on his back as he's trying to pull them. Um, there was one. There's one where it shows him actually on the uh, the platform that he was attached to during the scene in, uh, during the movie. So that's what made him move. And the the mechanical shark fin most of the film broken down. It was unavailable for certain scenes. So therefore, so therefore, Steven Spielberg decided to use the camera as the shark and film from the shark's perspective, which actually made it scarier. But yeah, because the shark wasn't working, that's what they would say. The, the shark is not working. Repeat: the shark is not working. <laughs> um. And, and I don't have any of these Jaws toys, but I really wish I did. I, and I'm just looking them up as I'm talking. Um, there's one of the shark where um, there's, there's a shark statue of him. There's, that, there's the Jaws maquette. It's by the brand Sideshow Collectibles. So if, you guys, so if you guys want it, then now you probably know what it comes from. And there's also one, there's also one complete set where it where it shows him attacking of him attacking the boat it it, it doesn't come in like separate pieces all together the except the only action figure comes with is quint and quint goes in the shark's mouth and also if you look hard enough when quint is being eaten you can notice the, you can notice uh, uh, if you look close enough when quint's being eaten you can notice the shark's rubber teeth bending at his waist and um and the, in the original squint quint was quint dies by drowning the rope from the harpoon that he fires at the shark wraps around his foot, and he gets pulled under, and, and he shouts for Brody to hand him a knife. But but it is decided that uh, that Quint should be eaten, so the script was changed to what's in the film. And when people first saw this movie, they were so scared that they wouldn't even turn on the bathwater. <laughs> um, and and also in the scene where Hooper, Quint, and Brody are out on the boat in the dark looking for the shark, you you can see a meteorite shoot past. Roy Scheider's right shoulder. That was a real one. The second one you see was actually just added. And there's also a game called Jaws Unleashed, where you are, where where you play as a great white shark, and, and you get to terrorize Amity Island. It takes place 35 years after the events of Jaws, I think. Well, 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 the one for the Wii called Jaws Ultimate Predator does. Oh, I also forgot. I also forgot to mention that. Um, that uh, there's noticeable jowls on Bruce, the mechanical shark depicted in the film. This is clearly a mistake, as, as real great whites don't have this feature. And um, and and a lot of people tend to, to, call, to call the shark in the film Jaws, but, but there were separate sharks, just like I said before. And I'm going to conclude this episode here. So I hope you loved it. If you did, be sure to like and subscribe. My podcast comes out weekly. And... I will see you guys later, but I'll give you a warning. Stay out of the water, because he'll get you.